Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Unity Radio Network, a station dedicated to the concept that all manifestations of the divine are equally valid. Join Reverend Terry Power HP, Robin McKean, and all the hosts for programming covering a wide range of spiritual topics, right here on Blog Talk Radio. Project. Greetings and welcome to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus. Today we tread the path of public service and we explore politics in its many dimensions. I'm greatly honored to announce that our first guest for tonight is Mark Zinna. Mark Zinna is a newly re-elected councilman on the Tenafly Council and he is just announced his candidacy for mayor of Tenafly. Greetings and welcome, Mark. Hi, Hercules. How are you doing this evening? Thank you for having me on the show yet again. I appreciate the time and energy. And thank you for coming on. You're an awesome guest and an awesome individual. So how is the campaign coming along? Oh, it's coming along. Um, it's coming along actually very well. It's, uh, you know, every campaign, every campaign, has um, has life cycles and processes you have to go through. Um, of course, um, I was, as you know, I was nominated uh, unanimously by the Tenafly Democratic Committee to be yes. their candidate for mayor in January, which was uh, fabulous. And the the first uh, mechanical thing we have to do, but it's also campaigning, is collecting petition signatures to get on the ballot um, for the uh, for the primary in June and the general election in November. And uh, that process is well underway. And uh, we also use the petition process as a campaign process. We, um, oh, we get out there. We, of course, we spread. Uh, we send emails to um, friends and neighbors in town, and that gets them to send it to their friends and then their friends. And then I go to people's homes uh, when they're kind enough to invite me there to get them to um, to ask them to sign the petition to get me on the ballot and. Typically, I spend a half an hour to an hour, um, you know, with uh, with a family or voters, and they have questions for me, and it becomes part of the entire um, entire campaign process. And uh, our petitions are due um, about uh, April 1st, 
and that's when we'll know we'll have a uh, primary for uh, the mayorship or not. So far, we haven't heard of any other candidates running for mayor on the Democratic ticket. And uh, but mm-hmm. we're out there campaigning and at the post office on Saturdays, the whole nine yards. Uh, I remember when I first moved to Tenafly, I was at uh, the post office uh, there when you were running uh, for council, and uh, I learned a lot on that day. And I learned about That's great. you a lot on that day, and I've admired you ever since. You're an awesome individual. Thank you. Thank you. So it, it's a lot of work uh, to uh, uh, go through this uh, process. How many signatures do you generally have to uh, gather together? So the Democrats, uh, it's different based on uh, the party affiliation. The Democrats are required to get uh, 50 signatures of registered Democratic voters. Um, we're up well over a hundred already, so awesome. we're uh, we we've already you know we've already meet the uh, minimum requirement. But you know since we use this for campaigning and spreading the word, we want to collect as many signatures as possible to get on the ballot. So uh, you know we're we're confident. We've checked signatures. We know we have enough to get on the ballot. So that's uh, that's good news. So the first step has been accomplished, even though you're you're going for more and more signatures and you're using it as an opportunity uh, to reach out to as many uh, residents as you can. That's correct. So as, as an example, um, uh, when Governor Murphy was collecting his petition signatures to get on the ballot in the primary, uh, the number of signatures required for governor is 1,000. And wow. uh, while a thousand doesn't, you know, it may not sound like a lot. It's actually a lot. You need a small army of people out there to collect that in a limited period of time. But he collected 42,000 signatures. So he wow. had a um, he had a big army of people. But that was part of his campaigning also because he got to meet thousands of people that he previously had not. And so it really is a communication process um, with the voters. So they help uh, helps them to understand who the candidates are. And you had made an excellent point uh, last time that you were on, that just because you are running against uh, somebody, uh, you're not their enemy necessarily. And that uh, when you ran for governor, uh, Governor Murphy triumphed, uh, but he was there uh, to uh, you know, at your ceremony for our councilman, and I'm sure you're going to have his support uh, as you run for mayor. Well, so uh, he was, uh, you know, after you're 100 percent right after the after I lost the primary election, you know, I called, I congratulated him. Um, There's no point in being um, enemies with with people that you're in the political arena with. It doesn't get anything accomplished at all. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite. And uh, we've kept up. uh, He's been very gracious. We've kept up a uh, communication. Uh, We communicate every couple of weeks. And I invited him to come up and swear me in uh, in January. And uh, he was pleased to do so. It was very exciting, and and frankly, um, it's uh, it's it, it helps Tenafly because I have a, a relationship with an individual in Trenton uh, who happens to be the governor. So if we need yeah. things for our town, it, it, it that helps. And uh, I'm certainly uh, I'll certainly ask him to support me in my run for mayor. I can't speak for him, but uh, I'm hoping that he does support me in that endeavor. Uh, that is awesome, and uh, that too opened my eyes to many of the realities of the political uh, arena, and uh, the fact that uh, you can run against people and again still be friends, uh, and it's a contest like any other. 
Correct. And as a, as a general, you know, campaigning is very different than governing. The two, you know, while a campaign may be indicative of how a candidate might behave if they get elected, governing is very different. And uh, you have to be friends and make friends and heal wounds with people that you previously were in conflict with um, because that's in everyone's best interest. It's in the best interest of uh, the citizens and the state and, and, and our local town. Now, you are someone with an expansive uh, vision um, and you have a great desire to serve uh, your community. Uh, and uh, you have already taken a shot at being uh, governor. Uh, so I can see your wanting to eventually take a shot at that uh, again. Um, how high do your aspirations run? Well, look, I'm in uh, thank you for that question, but I'm in a camp. I'm very focused. I had uh, a lunch with uh, a gentleman, a resident of Tenafly, um, who, um, who I was asking for his support, and he's going to support me in the election today. And he asked me the very same question. And my response was, I'm very focused. I've I have won four elections, and I've lost, I believe it's five elections. And every time, first off, I'm never dissuaded by losing. It just helps me Mm -hmm. hone my skills for the next election. Um, I am focused on getting on the ballot. I'm focused on the primary for this June. And uh, if I have no opponents, I'll be focused only on the general election in uh, in November with whoever the candidates are at the general election. But I, I only focus on the current battles I need to win. Um, you know, I'm out there on the street uh, talking to people about what matters in Tenafly, potholes, the road program. Uh, we need to improve our parks. We need more green spaces. Um, we need more uh, girls' sports teams at the recreation level, such as lacrosse. Um, we're going to build another assisted living facility in town. So these yeah. are the things that I'm focused on. Uh, it's always it's always intellectually stimulating. Um, I can spend all day and night talking about uh, the green economy and what's going on with Paul Manafort and all that, but that has nothing to do with Tenafly. And so I really, as a discipline, stay focused on what's important for my town. And if I do that right um, and and get some things right here, then perhaps maybe one day that will open up other opportunities for me if I earn them. But I can't earn them unless I do what I need to do right here first. That is uh, awesomely well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, now, I'm a resident of Tenafly. I've been a resident of Tenafly this time around for about five years. Uh, I've been a resident right. of Tenafly before when I was a teenager and then uh, briefly in between one of my marriages uh, during my adult years. Uh, but now I'm here to stay. And uh, uh, I have something that uh, um, has been happening every year. Now, to be fair, it doesn't only happen in Tenafly. Uh, it happened in Pennsylvania, and I had to deal with it there. It happened in northwest New Jersey when we were there, and I had to uh, deal with it there. But uh, I find that uh, um, yesterday I was pushed past my line of just, okay, that's fine. This happens sometimes into wanting to do something about it. So I will share that with you. Um, I am... Um, although I'm Hercules, I'm getting on in years. So right. snow shoveling, which used to be a warm-up to my later exercise session, has now become when I do it, my exercise session. Um, and uh, we had snow the other day, 
and I'm the only person in my household that can uh, shovel. So um, I went out there, I cleared uh, my sidewalk, uh, uh, and uh, the sidewalk was all clean. I cleaned a little bit more than uh, I had to just to be a good neighbor, um, and uh, I, I was cleaning out the driveway. And several of the people in the snowplow saw me, and they waved. Uh, and I waved back. Some of them didn't wave, but they, they saw what I was doing and they moved the shovel so as not to bury the uh, uh, work that I'd done. Uh, but one uh, young man in a yellow uh, um, vehicle that didn't look like a standard truck, um, he saw me there and he pushed all the slush and snow from the street and buried everything I'd spent so much time uh, doing. So, oh, that's no fun. That's no. That's too no, much exercise. No. So I had to. I had to go back and, and do it again. Um, and uh, um, so uh, again, I'm not as young as I used to be. So that took a lot more energy out of me than I would have liked uh, to uh, spend. Um, and uh, it, it it also left it with if this guy comes back again, he's going to bury just what I just did again. So. Right. Um, how would you suggest I get this uh, addressed? And again, it's not just a Tenafly thing. It's happened everywhere I've lived, and I had to uh, call up the Department of Transportation or the, the uh, or the whoever handles the the snows. I've had to go down there and talk to people. I really don't want to make that big a deal of it because again, I am grateful that Tenafly picks up the snows. Uh, when I lived in the Poconos, that didn't happen, and uh, a lot of my work was creating paths so we can get out of. Uh, uh, our mountain home and get back onto the highway. And that took hours and hours and hours. Um, so th this isn't uh, comparatively that bad a thing, but again, I'm getting older and, and uh, it takes more out of me to, to shovel than it did when I lived in Pennsylvania. So how would you suggest I address this? So it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, one of the things folks in Tenafly talk about a lot are, you know, their high taxes and they want quality services for that. Um, we have we have rear yard pickup um, for garbage. Um, we have a program for leaf pickup where uh, the leaves are pushed into the street and the landscape is pushed them in the street, or people who do their own leaves put them in the street and then the town picks them up. And, you know, you've raised an interesting point. Uh, when snow plowing goes on with snowstorms, uh, there's a hierarchy of what gets plowed first. First, you plow the major streets, then you plow the secondary streets, and then you plow the, you know, the third level, the side streets sort of thing. Um, right. And that's for emergency vehicles. That, that makes logical sense. And it could be maybe we need to look at uh, something like, you know, do we have a, you know, two smaller plows that go around town, uh, pulling the snow out of the curb area of your driveway, not your driveway itself. That would take too many resources. But right. in the curb area you're talking about and pushing it, um, you know, to the opposite side of the street or something like that, um, you know, that's something we could possibly look at and figure out what it costs. Uh, I couldn't, I cannot off the top of my head say, oh, sure, absolutely, that'll work because I don't know how expensive it is. But we've never investigated it. And uh, maybe that's something uh, we need to look at. 
to see what happens. I do know that the street I live on, we have an elementary school across the street. And uh, in years past, what's happened is that folks plowing the elementary school parking lot have actually buried uh, driveways in. And then myself and other neighbors have called, um, you know, the DPW or the Board of Education and said, hey, your trucks actually plowed us in. And the the school board sent out, um, you know, a pickup truck with a small snowplow to dig out the driveways that they buried. So it's not really an unreasonable question. Uh, it all depends on uh, what the cost will be and in terms of the time of effectively doing that in the whole borough. Or maybe we have a list um, like we do for other services where you have uh, uh, senior citizens or folks who can't physically plow out that driveway. Maybe they're on a list and, you know, we go to those houses and clean them out. So, you know, I'll bring that up at uh, – at one of our next council meetings and uh, float the idea and uh, give you credit for it and uh, see, see, have one of the borough engineers look at that in terms of what the cost might be. Well, thank you. I'm not even asking them to, uh, to unplow my, my driveway. It's, it's basically all they have to do is be mindful and angle the shovel when they're driving. Um, well, that's a, uh, that's all. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And some of them do that. They see that I've cleared this whole area, and you know. So, and again, they wave. Uh, I'm I'm not unknown in the town. Um, uh, yeah, all they need to do is just move the shovel slightly when they're driving, so that instead of pushing everything back on the sidewalk, it pushes it more toward the curb. And understood. It's understood. It's only a little thing they need to do, like show mindfulness. Uh, so that if uh, driveways and sidewalks are clear, they don't rebury uh, them. Um, well, I just made a note here, and I will bring that up uh, on the new business at the next council meeting, and uh, we'll have a discussion with the engineer and the DPW and um, see uh, see what their view is of that and uh, what the current policy is and see if we can't do it better one way or the you. other. I greatly appreciate that, and thank you for your uh, attentiveness. Because uh, no problem, you know what? You know when 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 you're an elected official in uh, in a town, you know primary to your job is constituent services. That's how you'd be surprised how many things get fixed, repaired, built, and rebuilt because a resident brings something to uh, our attention, and then uh, then we address it. And so it's very helpful, and I've always welcomed comments and suggestions and complaints and that's how we learn to do things better thank you and uh one of the things that i've seen i'm glad you're you're spending so much time uh uh going into people's homes and speaking with them because it's always frustrated me is that uh many people complain but then they don't do anything with their uh, complaint they don't bring it to anybody's attention and then they have a lot of assumptions about uh, local governance uh, that aren't true from what I've seen, and yet they they, well, they use them as ways of. Uh, we've touched upon this before, uh, but it's very frustrating because uh, everyone I've encountered uh, here in town that's involved in politics, um, even folks that I don't agree with or particularly like, uh, are very open to talking to people and listening and uh, what do you call it? Are attentive to. Um, you know, what needs to get done. So it is not true in Tenafly 
um, and in many other places I, I've lived, that uh, people don't care about uh, the citizens or the residents or you know, the people who um, are their responsibility when, uh, when governing, when the opposite is actually uh, true. And uh, I, I've been trying to think of how this can be addressed. Like this podcast is one way I'm thinking of, uh, you know, people who listen know that the people who are on care. Um, so that's one way, but it's, it's a very small range of people I'm reaching at present. How can we, how can we bring this understanding um, to, to a larger uh, perfect of people? Like not everybody watches Channel 77 either. So right. uh, that'll show you if you can't attend a, a, a mayor and council meeting, you could watch it on TV. Um, but a lot of people know that it's there and they won't. So here's uh, here's the thing. So when I'm out campaigning at the post office and talking, and it's just it, the conversations are not, hi, uh, I'm Mark, I'm running for X, I'm running for mayor, please sign my petition, have a nice day. People want to engage you. What, what do you stand for? What do I stand for? What do I believe? And, and, then, and then after they ask questions, some basic questions about the candidate, people typically then talk about what's important to them. And uh, last night I was at two, two or three separate houses for uh, two houses for 15 minutes, one house for 45 minutes um, with the uh, with the residents that live there, and and I you know and I gave my elevator pitch about why I'm running for mayor, and then they mm-hmm. want to talk about their issues, and one of the most con- after collecting you know over a hundred petition signatures, I can tell oh. you that the issues that the residents have are probably 80 to 85 percent the same for each individual okay as as it relates to tenafly okay Mm -hmm. so people feel the same way and the individuals who actually take the effort to contact their representatives whether it's by phone or email or they show up at a council meeting or in person those individuals have an outside they have an out a way oversized influence about what goes on in town, okay? Right. So we, we have almost 15,000 people in town, and uh, um, if, if, if 400 people have personal conversations with me before the election, they're going to have an enormous influence on myself and any other candidate about what we look to get done um, because that's, first off, a good cross-section of the uh, community, but more importantly, the people that show up make the decisions, whether they're elected officials or they're residents. So, you know, I'm always on this bandwagon that um, people should contact and communicate with their representatives at every level of government, especially at the local level. And guess what? You can have the most effect at the local level because if, if a resident contacts me about an issue they have, you know, I turn around and I contact, uh, you know, my colleagues at the borough administrator's office or the building department and ask them to please look into this and please address it. And they're going to take care of that issue quicker than someone who's not calling in and asking for help. And the other thing is your local government, your local representatives, we don't learn things by osmosis. You know, I drive around town to see how bad the potholes are, but I don't know every zoning problem that's going on in every building unless someone says it to me. And then once I'm, uh, I'm made aware of it, then we can address it. So residents need to speak up and they need to speak to their representatives. 
Very, very true. And, and I'm a, a firm believer uh, in that. And uh, um, even uh, in Pennsylvania, when I first started getting involved in uh, politics again, um, there, too, I saw very quickly that uh, if I went somewhere and I talked to someone or called someone or emailed someone and then uh, followed up with a phone call, uh, things got done uh, very quickly. And if they couldn't get done very quickly, it, it was explained to me why you know, this couldn't be addressed right now or I was shown the, uh, the bigger picture so that I understood you know, more of what was going on. Uh, and uh, uh, it's been my, there are certain points in my life when I was not very much involved. Uh, but the times that I was, uh, I saw how uh, uh, inter- interactive our government is. And uh, when I came into town, I don't know if you remember, I made some speech at my first uh, uh, mayor and council meeting about uh, how uh, when I was young, um, we used to go to Greece every summer. And, right. Uh, That's we I remember. When, it, when the king was the king and we went there when the military junta had toppled the king. And uh, one of the things about the military junta is they had elections. But that you there was only one way you could vote, uh, and they had uh, <laughs> they had voting machines that had no curtains, and they had guys with machine guns there, and then it would tell right. you with, with posters, vote no. <laughs> you know, so right. Wasn't wasn't really much of an you know, uh, of a free election. Uh, so I always appreciated that about here in America that despite the fact that there's uh, a lot of argument and uh, and all sorts of shenanigans going on sometimes, uh, at least you know we we have the ability to uh, to speak our fr- our truth and to you know confront uh, what concerns us and to attempt to do something about it. You know it's it's interesting um, you say that uh, so when I'm I'm out there campaigning and people aren't sure of who they're going to vote for, they have to think about it. And, and some people don't like getting involved publicly to support a candidate. And so I say people, I understand if you don't want to come out and uh, support a particular candidate. But what I'm asking you is when you go in that voting booth and you push the button to close the curtain, then in your own privacy, okay, with not verbalizing it to anyone, you can decide who you want to vote for, regardless of what you have said to anyone or what anyone has said to you. It's the moment of truth. And so what I say, what I ask people is, just consider voting for me in November when you're in that booth all by yourself, right? That's all I'm asking for. And uh, that is at the heart of it. You know, the curtain closes. There's no one there with the machine gun. Um, there's no one there. You're not even allowed to bring someone else into the voting booth with you, uh, kind of to protect that sacred uh, process. So that's uh, that's a good point. So Greece, the home of democracy, uh, you know, people standing over you while you were voting. Yeah, you know, it, it was scary, and and that's why I'm very glad to be here because uh, here, uh, uh, hopefully, we'll never have that type of thing uh, happen here. Now. Um, Tenafly is very fortunate in the quality of people running for office. And uh, that is something I hear um, a lot, uh, that uh, basically it's difficult to make a a decision, uh, you know, when you think highly of everybody. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing. When I first got involved in, um, in Tenafly elections and, 
and, and that sort of thing in governing. A, uh, a reporter from the Bergen Record, and I, I don't remember his name, unfortunately. We were talking about rough-and-tumble politics of Hudson County and different towns in, in Bergen County. And, um, and, and I said, well, things are pretty good. They're very civil in Tenafly in terms of running for office, relatively speaking. And he said that... Uh, Tenafly is as, as close as you can come to an Athenian democracy in Bergen County as could possibly be. Um, and, and to the newspapers and e- even to some of the, the county political level people of, of both parties, um, Tenafly has always been kind of like a backwater to them because we don't, we don't fight and we don't um, dislike each other. Um, we all want to try to make things better. And so, you know, we disagree at election time, and but then at the end of the day, we all come together to do the right thing for the borough, and that's what matters. And I've never forgotten that comment from that reporter. And uh, I, uh, I took the fact that several people uh, actually refer to Tenafly as Camelot, um, and uh, I wrote an article about that, and it's been published in a bunch of different, a bunch of different places. Uh, and well, uh, uh, the longer I'm here, the yeah. more I see that. that uh, that this is a place where you know, people, even if they disagree, uh, do care about the town, and that care comes through very, very clearly. Well, well, that is what's going on. I mean, I have to say, even behind closed doors at the Democratic committee meetings, uh, when we're having arguments, we're not having arguments over power struggles ever. We're having mm-hmm. arguments over, you know, should we really buy that new fire truck or should we really buy an ambulance or, you know, you know, whatever it might do, we fix the lead in the water pipes first, that sort of thing. So we do, we argue about substantive issues and where to invest and spend our resources. You're right. We don't have arguments about power struggles here in this town. And uh, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a that's a great thing, and that's not again that's not something you get uh, everywhere. No, we have some, you know, we 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 have some. I have friends in Englewood Cliffs um, who sit on the council, and some friends who are residents there, and um, you know they they struggle uh, with some of the political issues they have in that town, um, and I hope they resolve them as quickly as possibly, as amicably as possibly. Um, and so, um, you know, every town is different, and I'm, I'm fortunate, and I'm glad I live in this town, and that we don't have those particular issues there. Now, we've touched on this before uh, as well, but uh, uh, now that you're actively uh, campaigning, um, what would you say the, your biggest dreams for Tenafly uh, are, uh, given that all politics is local and addressing things like uh, potholes and uh, pickup of leaves and snow shovel issues and things like that are, are, are the things that you'll be uh, focused on. Uh, Tenafly also has uh, um, a, a lot of, uh, you know, there's like uh, people who want change, people who resist change. And again, this, this is found everywhere, but that's one of the biggies here uh, uh, in town. And uh, uh, you have different ideas as to what the character of the town uh, should be like and how that should reflect in the, the business uh, district and, and, and things like that. Uh, if you had a vision, like uh, you, you're looking back on all the things that you've accomplished in uh, Tenafly, what is the Tenafly that you're looking back from? 
So I would I would pick three big issues um, for the town to be um, more beautiful than it is now, which is all kinds of okay. environmental issues, which is infrastructure issues. So uh, beautification program um, is one of the top three. A second is to have um, rateables that slowed, slows down the increase in taxes in our borough, um, and there's ways to accomplish that. And the third thing would be to always be focused on increasing the quality of our educational system and our public schools in town. So those are the three big issues, education, uh, beautification of the town, and keeping um, the taxes uh, under control by increasing uh, rateables. Those are the things I would look back on and say, okay, did I accomplish at least one of those things, you know, in my time helping the town? Uh, and if I accomplished two, that would be wildly successful. And if I really accomplished three, um, that would be, you know, beyond dreams sort of thing. But those are the three things that in um, retrospect that uh, I'll, I'll judge uh, my efforts uh, against. Those are phenomenally awesome and impressive uh, quality of life things. Uh, that, that is incredible. Uh, and I believe very strongly in those things uh, as well. Um, in terms of uh, beautification, um, I have some uh, time, more free time than I had before. Not much, but a few hours. Um, and uh, I've been looking to get involved with uh, various projects, and uh, the environment uh, tops my uh, list. Uh, so if you have any beautification or environmental projects uh, uh, in mind, um, if you could let me know about them, I, I'd gladly donate some time and energy uh, to them. Well, so one of the things, that's fabulous. Um, one of the things that comes right to mind is um, the Clinton Inn is going to um, be expanding, and uh, perhaps yes. we touched on this last time, right? We have assisted living going in the existing hotel, and a new hotel is going to be built, uh, you know, flying a Marriott or a Hyatt flag or whatever it might be when it's all done. And, you know, we want to use the energy that's coming out of there and that entire process uh, to do things like uh, change the uh, existing light on uh, Dean Drive and East Clinton Avenue by Our Lady of Mount Carmel and the Barrett Funeral Home. So we have a mm -hmm. real a real light there, so it's not a big, uh, you know, a, a bumper car race and who goes first and who goes second sort of nonsense. Uh, we want to use that, uh, that effort to uh, in increase the size potentially of Hyla Park downtown um, so that uh, people will be able to make more use of that park and create more green space along the corridor uh, by Cafe Angelique along Railroad Avenue, notwithstanding what's going on with the Northern Valley uh, Greenway for the six towns. This is separate. Mm -hmm. This is just Tenafly-focused, more greenery, more shrubs, make it more physically attractive um, in the whole downtown area. And um, also um, perhaps consider some mixed-use buildings just in the downtown area where uh, we can attract more restaurants and the type of uh, establishments that people want in a local downtown. People want to come to eat. Um, you know, they want to have services available, whether they're going to the bakery, whether they're going to the restaurant, whether they're going to the tile store or the camera store or the deli. 
these are the things that residents want to see. And the more of those um, opportunities that we have downtown, the more people use downtown. But I think the beautification of downtown is a key component of that. If it looks good, it's like if, if you go into a bakery and you're in the mood for a donut and the donuts don't look good, you're not going to buy one. But if they look good and the case is filled, you might buy a donut or a croissant or, or fat-free muffin, whatever you're into, right? Um, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's all very visual, and that's how we make decisions, and I think that's very important in our downtown area. Oh, I agree with you, and those are awesome ideas, and uh, uh, we'll have a conversation about those uh, on another day as our time is drawing to a close. Do you have a campaign website yet, Mark? I don't have a campaign website up. We hope to to get that up in the next week. Uh, We're working on the language for the website, so we didn't want to launch it until we had some of our language up there ready to go. And uh, so look for that in about a week. And by the time, um, you know, if you're kind enough to invite me on the show again, I will definitely have a campaign website to announce to you. You will be on at least once a month. Okay, and pass, thank you. And, and pass the campaign, too. Uh, you're, you're an awesome guy. time I really get a chance to talk to them is on the show. So uh, this is like a double <laughs> gift uh, for me. Uh, thank That's you so great. much for being on. Uh, I put a link to your Facebook page uh, for now, and as soon as you have a website, I'll put links uh, to that whenever uh, you're on the show or whenever you're mentioned. And uh, thank you so very much uh, for your time, and I wish you great success. Okay, Hercules, have a great evening, and thank you, me, thank you for having me on the show. And thank you for being on the show. Take care, and thanks to all who've been listening. We are going to listen to Bone Quotes Orchestra's Evolve, and then we'll be back for the Sussex Report.
you know, when a, a teacher had complained, classroom teacher complained about a special area, uh, I my uh, retort was, what if that person reversed their roles and they were a classroom teacher? It, it isn't the role that the teacher is playing. It is the person themselves and and uh, um, their aspects within themselves that determine whether they're going to be considerate or inconsiderate. Right, right. And uh, I, I explained to uh, Mark also that I'm Hercules, but I'm not as young as I once was. So what, what was once a warm-up to my exercise later in the day, now shoveling is the warm-up for the day. Cause oh, I, 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 I understand completely. I've, and um, I usually forward, and I know I include you in my forwarding of the Daily Ohm yes. email, mm-hmm. and it was a very good one about knowing your limitations. Mm-hmm. I and uh, a friend contacted me and said yes, especially as we've gotten older, uh, we have to take care of of our um, limitations in terms of what we can do with the shovel and what we can't. And uh, all of a sudden, just walking on hard snow uh, that's crust laden with ice becomes difficult when your knees don't yes. function anymore. So, yeah, it's it, a different perspective. It just depends on which way you're looking at the situation. But we're all troopers. We're going to hang in there. Oh, we just don't take no for an answer. We will, you know, we will will forge forward and just have to put on more biofreeze or, you know, uh, mentholatum rubber or whatever. And uh, at that point, I'd like to uh, mention a few things going on in Sussex County that where people have prevailed in the public path. We have talked about Project Self sufficiency in the past quite a bit and the fact that it is a non-profit agency and they have run all different kind of programs well uh, I was amazed to know that they have um, a little learning center something called Little Sprouts Early Learning Center and um, they have this they've instituted this program where they have um, readathons where they have people come in and they call them they have the center in, in, in the reading sessions. They have a celebrity reader come. It's called a celebrity reader program. And I was so impressed what constitutes a celebrity because very often the local business owners take time from their schedule to go read books. So they're, and, and that's a twofold blessing because you have young children seeing people that are investing in their community and willing to run a small business within the community, maybe even a neighbor or someone that they know or that their parents know coming in to read that are doing, performing some type of service or selling products within the community. And doubly, the people going in get a bird's eye view of what is happening in these programs, because it's very easy for people to surmise, or mm-hmm. as we as we have always talked about the fact that fake news can dominate the, the situation, and people sometimes well they don't have the time or the energy to fully research it. But what better way to learn about early childhood than to go in and see? You know, the little types of learnings process, the programs that are set up for children, the purpose of the programs, mm-hmm. and the psychology of learning and, and thinking at that age. 
Yes, definitely. I found uh, some of the uh, um, celebrity reading programs that uh, um, Little Sprouts has had. So I posted a link to one of them in uh, the thread uh, for tonight's show. Oh, great. Wonderful. Wonderful. So, you know, again, you know, the Project Self-Sufficiency does quite a bit, and, and I know you have posted uh, their website. And I've also, we've talked about the uh, libraries, you know, and, and about the the um, the movement towards cutting funding for the, the county libraries or the city mm-hmm. libraries. And they do more than just house books. Uh, first of all, just saying that just house books is horrific. Because I'm the uh, president friends of the Crestia Library, and uh, I believe very strongly in the future libraries. They're wonderful. I mean, not only do they provide books, and people figure, well, you know, hard copies are no longer necessary because you have the the Internet. Children can go on the Internet. Not everyone has access to the Internet. And besides that, uh, there are power outages. And there are times when you can't, you, you want to have the actual book in your hand. I prefer reading a book, actually touching the page, seeing the print. Me too. I really do. You know, and, and so uh, for me, the library oh, it performs um, so many services for me as a student when in um, elementary school and in high school and college, so forth. And I, I still use the library for reference or just to um, to do other things because they have so many other program offerings. In Sussex County, they have e-books, they have digital magazines, they have online learning, they have research assistance. Uh, you can actually apply for a library card online by visiting sussexcountylibrary.org. They have um, books, DVDs, so many different things. They have access to online research at any hour, any day of the week. And they also have uh-huh. a, a variety of assistance resources, including assistance in job seeking, which I was totally unaware of. They actually yeah. have one-on-one job research and research uh, career goals and navigating the job market. You can actually contact a library associate at 973 nine three eight three six six and there's actually a digit missing there so i'll have to look into that more but um yeah it's amazing they have a yoga club they have um craft and chat with the brit lady which is crafting for adults and that requires registration they have programs for um teenagers which i think is wonderful they have the uh anagiri uh manga club where they get into manga and anime, and they do co-play. And it, it's amazing the kind of things they do. They have um, uh, Mondays or Fundays at the library with games, Pictionary, Scrabble. I think that's 16 and older. But if you're really curious about all the programs that exist there, besides the summer programs, um, you can contact the sussexcountylibrary.org venue slash main dash library. And I'll send okay. that that link to you. But you know that that's just amazing what the library has going for it now. Yeah, we have uh, a lot of the same things here. And actually, Bill Waitman and I are working uh, with evolving the uh, uh, career program. And there already is one in place, but I'm making it uh, you know more uh, um, receptive to the needs of the people uh, in our uh, borough. 
Um, and I was going to ask you if you wanted to lend your thoughts to that project too, because uh, oh, sure, sure. in labor, and uh, um, so that would come in handy. Oh yeah, and and I think career awareness you know, is is such a magnificent thing in terms of the library because I mean so many people are going there anyway in in terms right. of uh, utilizing books and and even volunteer programs because you have a lot of um, older folks that go there that have more uh, spare time that are there and and uh, there are different volunteering programs you know betterment programs but um, career awareness is such an important aspect because it's very neglected it has been and now i'm starting to see it come to the forefront yes and uh, um it seems and it's a good thing that more and more organizations are becoming uh are outreaching more and providing more to the community and uh in, in this day where everything seems threatened uh, there are still countless thousands of individuals uh, giving themselves to their communities in a variety of ways and providing uh, all sorts of awesome services, many of them free. Yes, and, and even the mentoring programs, which is another great way to deal with career awareness. Um, you know, these corporations mentoring students or young adults to come in and see what the job is like, help out in some aspects or get some mm-hmm. on-the-job training. Um, it's a great thing because most students do not have a clue in terms of what's out there for me, what are my interests, and where can I go with this? Because there are so many aspects to um, – private sector and public sector that people are unaware of. They think of the typical thing, you know, the, the thing that they know most about. And uh, so to have all these different things come forth as information, but more than that, experience it or have someone come in and describe uh, the process of their job and the training. So uh, they're not going into it blind. Uh, when I went to college, you basically, well, in high school, it was like, what do you want to do? Well, most people did not even have any concept of what it took to um, to be prepared for a certain job, how many years of schooling, what type of personality is best served, you know, in those jobs, and, and what it would entail in terms of hours on the job, not just the, the, the uh, what do you like and uh, how much am I, am I going to get paid for this job. It, it's uh-huh. much more complicated than that. Yes. Yes, it's much, much more complicated than that, and uh, the circumstances have changed. Uh, the whole job market is different than it once uh, was, and uh, uh, many things that we're taking for granted are no longer there, and many things are there that uh, it takes a while to see clearly. So uh, it's quite a challenge navigating this new uh, uh, vocational world. Most definitely. Uh, another interesting uh, group that I didn't know that much about is uh, the um, Youth Partnership, which is sponsored by the Family Partners of Morris and Sussex Counties. They have different programs, and Youth Partnership is a, a group for students or youths their age from 13 to 21 with emotional and or behavioral challenges. So it, it provides opportunities for them to come together. They get peer support. Uh, they participate in social activities. They can volunteer in the community and, again, learn leadership skills. So it's just great that there are these programs out there where 
you know, that, that, that are open and available without a fee, and that are there right. to help all different type of individuals with any kind of interests or any kind of uh, disabilities or problems. And uh, any questions about the, the family partners of Morris and Sussex County, you can contact uh, them at uh, 973-940-3194, and it says extension 21 for the youth partnership. So if you were interested in volunteering, because it's not just a, a program that's available, but maybe somebody might be interested in, out there in our listening um, group that would be interested in volunteering right. for programs like this as well, or call them and find out what's available. I was thinking, as, as uh, this show is uh, progressing, um, I think that we should uh, focus on changing our format a little bit. Um, and uh, once we have the 501c3 that uh, I'm currently working on bringing to being, uh, I'd like to celebrate all of these organizations that you're bringing to our attention. So uh, I'd like to give them some sort of uh, certificate or trophy or something uh, and some appreciation, and we could devote a show to them and some web pages. Uh, oh, that would be uh, great. And matter of fact, as I'm starting to um, come across all these different articles about these people that do such great volunteering and, and uh, extend their services or have a particular uh, group that they would like to, um, you know, do volunteer work for or raise funds for. Um, yeah, I'm going to definitely start looking to more of these organizations, and we can start planning to have them on the show so they can uh, they can talk in depth about their program and the birth right. of some of these programs and where they intend to go with the program because most of these groups keep branching out like a, it's a river with tributaries. Yeah, yes, and especially now that we're going to be branching the Elysium Report onto a separate station, uh, we'll have slots for more uh, shows. Uh, and because uh, I, I love that direction you've brought to this uh, journey, you know, focusing on the positive things that people are doing and, and giving us a, a broader perspective and looking at things that are local and then showing how they echo at different levels, you know, all the way to the uh, the global level. Uh, so oh, yeah. these are very things and they're awesome yeah and it's it's nice like we always say you know there, there are always two sides of the coin you know life is a balance it's not all one way no matter how much it may seem so negative there is so it's it, it's given so much more priority uh on certain papers or on uh, particularly on television <laughs> you know the news can be overbearing at times and yes. it can be depressing but when you keep in mind that there are things to counterbalance it and right. and, and as, as you always say you have to have the information and the platform there to provide that information and uh, you're doing an awesome job of, uh, uh, what do you call it, gathering together uh, resources that can enrich the lives and that are enriching the lives of so many people uh, that really need to uh, reach even more people because there are still many people who aren't making use of these services. Definitely, definitely. And there, there has to be other ways to get the information out. Like, um, it's great you were doing it, and and. I really started looking into the libraries more because of, of all that you said that you did with the with the library system, 
you know, locally and, and, and the different programs that you um, present in a, in a very interesting way. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And looking into it, it's just that a lot of these things aren't publicized. It's not common knowledge. Right. They're in the paper. They're, they put up flyers. They're in the, but again, so many people, um, you know, have never heard of it. And it's amazing though. Some of the people that have like, uh, uh, one of the things I do is enrichment programs with, uh, uh, school kids. And so many times I'll go into a school for the first time when they hear I'm Hercules, it's like, Oh, you did the thing at the Crescent library with the Greek mythology. And I had a friend. And, uh, right. And, uh, right. And, and so oh, therefore, yeah. Yeah, there is a connection because, again, you're bringing it to a local area. And, again, as just as that, that Little Sprouts program, bringing businesses and, and leaders from the community into, um, you know, into schools and libraries, it becomes accessible and it becomes real. Mm-hmm. Definitely becomes real. So that, that's a wonderful thing. And you, you meet so many interesting people along the way. Uh, um, it, it's, it's really like, uh, like Creskill, the town I do it in, is predominantly Republican. And uh, the uh, Republicans have been awesome in all of these programs uh, that I've been bringing. And uh, uh, I have to go address their council now because we're doing the career program. And uh, one of the uh, councilmen is also uh, on the um, – uh, board for the uh, Chamber of Commerce, which I'm also on, uh, the Board of Trustees. So I was talking to him, and he said that they're aware of all the things I'm doing in Creskill and that they'd love to hear, you know, what I had in mind for Career Center. So uh, that's an awesome thing, and uh, um, it benefits everybody in the community. And uh, it, it's, it's bipartisan. It's all, you know, it's, it transcends uh, whatever local politics there might be, because who doesn't want to do good things for the community? Definitely. You know, people always have this impression, or I should say the impression is given. There are so many negative aspects about politicians or, you know, business people, you know, and, and that is so untrue because there are very many people out there, again, going back to the individual. There are right. very many giving and positive people that do want to share that, you know, have made a profit and are willing to put the money back into scholarships, um, share their knowledge, go in and work on on programs like mentoring programs. Uh, So it's a matter of having the information at hand and seeing that it does exist. Yeah, yes, it does. And this this is a world full of such opportunities. And uh, uh, despite all the challenges, there there are there are many many good things in this world. And um, since we only have limited attention uh, that we can devote to focusing on things, uh, it's just as easy to focus on the good things as to focus on the bad things. Yeah, and and the thing is, you do have to be aware of what's going on. Right. You can't be, you know, have blinders on. But you do have to be aware of everything, the plus as well as the minus. And uh, speaking of the minus, <laughs> um, the New York Times had a, a, an unbelievable article today. But unbelievable in the sense that it is the reality that we knew would happen, what most of us knew would happen, and that mm-hmm. is that people were looking to file their taxes, get them in, uh, now that the IRS was back to work, and right. get their refund. And sad to say, that is not the case. 
because there were uh, there were very quite a few early filers who found that not only would they not get a refund, but they would be paying because of the tax overhaul that took effect last year. And they're confused because they were told that it was going to be great and better. And Mm -hmm. um, they said that the average refund among early filers was down 8.4%, according to the IRS. The smaller checks, in some cases, stem from a loss of deductions. And um, people forget that the deductions have been going by the wayside for the years. Uh, Way back when, I can remember when you did not only deducted interest that you made, but you were able to deduct interest from credit cards or loans. That was was the first thing to go. (laughs) And I can't even remember how many years that is now. I'm sure there's those listeners out there that can look into when that happened. Um, but I know I was quite young when that happened. And then the other thing is that they're, they're trying to um, match the amount held out of paychecks with that they will owe. But the point of it is, is that um, many people are getting caught off guard because of the new tax laws and, then the, and not knowing, because it was so vague, not knowing if they should take more money out of their paycheck or right. uh, what was going to happen. And, and they filed, and then they found out they were receiving letters saying, guess what, you owe us more money. And a lot of it had to do with the tax deductions or the method of, of, um, of um, tax reduction. Of course, the, uh, this, the, the property tax issue over a certain amount you can't, you cannot um, use that as a deduction anymore. I think it's uh, 10K. If I'm, I'm not sure if I'm correct, but it's around that amount. And if it's over 10K, people in New Jersey, uh-huh. New York, California, all of those states, you know, they are going to lose that big deduction. Uh, and that hurts <laughs> because yes. these states are expensive st- states. And the overhaul was uh, our president's uh, big accomplishment, saying that it was lowering the tax rates for the businesses and there would be significant changes and people would be getting, you know, money back. But it didn't call into uh, account the fact that so many deductions that everyday people could use can no longer uh, itemize. Right. can't use them anymore. So... It's quite a problem. The other issue of frustration is that, uh, and it's the poor IRS people, really. Um, I know for a fact that they have been cutting the staff tremendously. Yes. You know, if you try and call with a question, and um, I know the Office of the National Taxpayer Advocate found that over 5 million pieces of mail went unanswered, and 87,000 wow. amended tax returns were not processed during the shutdown when they were furloughed or working without pay. And um, because there were significant changes to the tax code, which was a $1.5 trillion tax overhaul, many people had questions about filing. And even after the shutdown ended, they found that uh, the agency employees returned and Fewer than half of the calls made were answered compared with nearly 90% during the same time last year. 
and the call typical hold time was uh, four minutes last year. This time it was 17 minutes. Wow. And yeah, so um, also um, balanced due line, uh, so-called ba- uh, balanced due lines, in hopes of making payment arrangements for taxes you owed. Uh, those wow. calls weren't answered, fewer than seven percent. And uh, that typical wait for that was stretched to more than 80 minutes. Wow. So, so yeah, the shutdown had a major effect, and, and who knows if the shutdown will resume again. You know, that's all, like, up in the air. It all depends. I know there was a big bipartisan push to try and find a balance, not the full amount that he wanted for an actual wall, not all was it, 55 miles of it, because there are actually physical problems with the Rio Grande River. And then you have farmers and ranchers who refuse to give some of their land up right. for a fence when it in, in, you know, involves their livelihood, their land. And um, right. I'm pretty sure they can't utilize eminent domain for that unless he tries to work some type of, of, of emergency funding, a state of emergency. But that's going to be quite difficult. I, um, the big push is towards better technology, which was mm-hmm. presented, I think, a year or so ago. In that plan, better technology, um, better control at the ports of entry, because that's where a lot of the issues are. And I know today I had heard something about uh, more than worry about the ports of entry. How about worrying about the visas and, and, and the visas and people that are in legally that it's just missed and there is no follow-up? So there has to be, these agencies have to be beefed up in the areas where you can see better control. It's not just people illegally coming in. It's also people that come in that are supposed to leave or get their visas extended. And that's a whole issue as well. Yes, many issues, and uh, all of them spurring people like us uh, on to get more and more uh, involved because we can't uh, sit and watch things happen. We have to go out there and try to make things right. So uh, we're very fortunate uh, uh, to be the people we are and to be connecting with each other and inspiring each other and informing each other and helping each other out because uh, uh, everything helps, no matter how small your contribution uh, maybe you might feel that, but in, in reality, anything you could do is better than nothing being done. Oh, most definitely. And uh, I had noted that I usually always read the business section and, and note like little changes that happen here and there. And, and, and the whole point of this um, tax incentive for um, major corporations was that uh, they would, would uh, put that money, put those monies into job force. And in actuality, it has not come to be. It, it, rather, the money has, has the money has gone back to their shareholders, and into the the main process of buying back their own stock. So it makes their uh, business more wealthy. Uh, I found out that Activision Blizzard. I'm not sure if you're aware of of who that is, but that's a major. It is the largest, most profitable interactive entertainment company. And they just posted like major buckos, uh, you know, great, great revenue this last quarter. And on the downside, um, 
massive layoffs, 8% yes. staff reduction, not just in California, but worldwide. Yes. Um, there are, unfortunately, we only have a few more minutes uh, today, but that mm-hmm. is something I'd like to get into uh, with you on another show because uh, um, if you're looking at like not just a smaller picture, but the bigger picture, very strange things are happening <laughs> in the bigger picture too, like uh, this that you mentioned. Um, and uh, as Bill keeps pointing out, uh, we're not even, we're so distracted, we're not even really focusing on the effects of AI, uh, which is going to become so much greater in the next uh, few years. Uh, and, uh, you know, Bill says we're going to be blindsided by it, you know, because we're not focusing on it. And what you just said, I think, ties into the whole thing with, uh, with the AI, because uh, these gaming companies are using AI. Almost um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and, and their, their goal, you know, this particular company, the goal was to create more interactive games with less money and less employees, which is, you know, it's, it's typical in the sense that we've all experienced this on our jobs the last good 10 yeah. years. We've, every year we see that in more and more responsibilities with less pay, less benefits, and, um, and a good example of that is Amazon. The profit margin that that man has made, the incentive, tax incentives. I mean, you want to talk about tax incentives to to lure him to bring his, you know, next mega company corporation building is outrageous. And yet the workers are finding their voice, their non-union, finding their voice and complaining about their working conditions to the point where some had to work straight through. Forget about lunch. I mean, something as disgusting as not being able to go to the bathroom and male employees having to use a bottle as a bathroom facility. So, yeah, definitely, definitely have to start looking at the total picture here. And uh, the uh, our vocational show, which is now on the fourth um, Wednesday of the month, uh, mm-hmm. right now have the American Workforce Association. Uh, we have a veterans uh, group. We're, we're having a cybersecurity expert on. Uh, oh, that's we have great. president of the Chamber of Commerce. We have like a lot of people. Who, uh, Bill is part of that show occasionally. Uh, and when we get the new station, that's something definitely to be expanding. Uh, so I'd like to add your voice uh, when that gets off the ground because uh, you have a unique uh, background in uh, unions and in labor. And uh, that voice will be very welcome there as we wrestle with these uh, uh, dilemmas and challenges and uh, try to do something about them as well. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Astrid, thank you again. Uh, As I just told Mark and as I've told uh, Linda, um, what do you call it? I'm fortunate in having this radio show because I get to talk to people that I like. And we're all so busy that this gives us a chance to actually (laughs) – relax and have a conversation so in addition to getting the show out it's a great gift you know i see it as a great gift because uh, uh uh we're always you know busy even like when we're doing a workshop you know we're busy uh, so it's very difficult to sit down and talk so i'm glad to have this opportunity to talk to you as well as uh, uh providing folks with an awesome show thank you very much oh you're welcome and again always a pleasure hercules always have a wonderful day and i'll talk to you soon Most definitely. Take care. 
You too. And we're going to take a very brief break. We're going to listen to King of Dreams, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and I on Northern New Jersey. Wonder if 
Greetings and welcome back to the Elysium Project. Tonight we tread the path of public service, aka politics, and our next uh, host is Bill Waitman. Greetings and welcome, Bill. How are you? Very good. I, I listened to the last few minutes of the show. That was excellent. Astrid was right on the money on a number of, uh, of factors. Uh, I think she's right in so many ways. Uh, so it was a good show to catch. Uh, yes, we're in some trouble, you know, on a national stage coming, but yes. uh, uh, you, you never know what's uh, what's really going to happen. But uh, I mean, today uh, it came out that we're at uh, we're facing twenty two trillion dollars worth of debt, and the debt to ratio of economic gains is it's not severe yet, but it's getting there. So there are things to worry about. Um, I wonder, did you fill you in? I went to a, uh, uh, an event. I didn't know who was staging it, but it was the League of Women Voters, I guess from okay. Essex County. And uh, what they were talking about was um, uh, gerrymandering and re- uh, redistricting uh, uh-huh. and, and what's it all about. We, I, I got a chance to ask a few questions. One that I put up was, and they knew about it, was the woman we had on a couple of, uh, I guess about two months ago, uh, from New Jersey, uh, from independentvoting.org, because yeah. they and I got a chance to work in California on open uh, open voting, uh, even of third-party people to vote in, you know, uh, partisan elections of the two parties. And I, mm-hmm. I know some people that are in, in a quasi-way are doing that up in Sussex County. Uh, uh, I know a guy that's ran as a dean, uh, as ran for the Green Party and registered as a Republican, <laughs> to shake things up and actually help Wendy uh, if he could. Uh, that, he couldn't help her, but uh, it, it, it's an idea. Uh, right. We need to get control of the political situation, and uh, I don't know uh, where we can go, where and when we can go from here, but uh, I'm really worried about the American economy. Uh, I, you know, we talked about it. You've talked about artificial intelligence. Um, this is something I don't know if you saw. I posted it on Facebook. You know, we're modernizing our military. Uh, we're bringing artificial intelligence. But do you know that uh, uh, reports came out from the Washington Post today and uh, Reuters how badly our veterans are living and their families? They're living with yes. mold, rats. Uh, it's, it's disgusting. And uh, I, I think that, as Bobby Kennedy, Kennedy used to say, we can do more and be better. Uh, it's horrible that the situation these people have put themselves, been put, not put themselves. They were doing uh, an honor uh, to their country by serving. Uh, we've got the craziest sort of politics that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> that's what reason I asked if we could do boxing one week because boxing yes. makes more we're sense. <laughs> we're doing that tomorrow. That's awesome. I know. At least they have passion. I mean, uh, I hope we bring it out to to you and the listeners tomorrow because uh, I I had a house fire. I was homeless. I got uh, ripped off by relatives and everything else. Uh, Republican state senator stepped up and helped me get a rent a house so I can get on my feet and buy a house. And um, professional boxers, uh, professional referees, uh, some of my heroes as a kid. One fighter named Emil Griffith. Uh, mm-hmm. He was. Totally broke Hercules. He had made major. He had a number of uh, championship belts. He was a flamboyant character, 
and he gave me what little money he had. And he always wore a raggedy undershirt uh, to events. He died about two years ago, and the guy we have mm. on tomorrow helped pay for his funeral uh, in, in Long Island. And it's a shame that, uh, that that works out that way for guys that give their all. And uh, some right. are soldiers that the boxing and uh, – um, and I, to me, they've always boxing and baseball were always my favorite sports. I mean, I loved football and uh, basketball, but there's something to these guys. I, I had I one time fought in Palisade Park High School. It was one time I didn't tell my mother I had somebody forge a certificate, and uh, I'm talking about two things that came in common. The referee uh-huh. was Don Newcomb, Don Newcomb, who was a baseball pitcher. And uh, with the Brooklyn Dodgers, I I loved the Dodgers. I wanted to play for them. I met Jackie Robinson. I was in a movie about them. Uh, but John uh-huh. was a, a boxing referee in Palisade Park High School. And uh, I met a guy that I would work with uh, for years who became an engineer. But he he was a boxer, too. He, was, uh, he had been a World War II boxer, and he became a trainer, a manager. Got a got a engineering degree, and took me along uh-huh. to help do projects with Ford Motor Company, like uh, the Japanese. I can't tell you the term. Maybe you'll remember it. Maybe I can look it up for tomorrow. Quality circles that the Japanese had, and uh, it was impressive because the workers in his plants uh, on Route One and Nine, uh, they produced a, a Ford truck and a Mazda truck, uh, you know, one line mm-hmm. apart. And they would sit down and they would talk always about doing it better. And uh, some guy came up with a uh, simple plan uh, to put on the, um, oh, God, the door, the back doors. I shouldn't know what the terminology is. I spent so many years at uh, Ford. But uh-huh. Ford took it and Mazda took it and they, and they ran with it. So they're, they're kind of, uh, uh, they've always been special to me. I mean, I, I met some of my heroes in that. I, I did uh, – I did promote some fights, which probably violated. I didn't get paid for it, but I I promoted fights in Atlantic City. Uh, I, you wow. know, the referee a uh, referee um, buffer. Uh, what the, he had that long twine. Now I forgot what he said. Everybody, get ready! We're ready to rumble! <laughs> and you know, he did the uh, Atlantic City and uh, um, uh, 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 and Las Vegas fights. He still does. He's still around. Uh, so I, I talked to this guy yesterday, and Andrew, I hope we have a good show. I hope listeners listen in. It's just, just a change of pace. You, you brought up artificial intelligence. It does worry me more and more every single day. Uh, you know, um, I saw two guys talking, and, you know, they pick up my things that I post on Facebook, and they went on one. They go on for 20 hours talking about this stuff. Um but even my, one guy pointed out that even McDonald's, the man said he's an older man. He ran for, um, he doesn't have much education, but he ran for uh, council in the town of Sussex Borough. And uh, okay. he, was, he was talking about McDonald's, but I said, McDonald's is going to get rid of those positions. He said he couldn't afford to uh, live on those incomes, but they're going to probably get away with them. And, I know that we brought up about there's a Japanese restaurant chain, very popular in California, in Japan, where everything is artificial intelligence. And I've seen some wow. of that in Florida, where you sit at a table, you order, you, you know, you talk to machines, and uh, they, they'll circle, they'll have a, a bowl of soup come to you off a conveyor, and, you know, 
they deliver the whole meal. I don't know if it's it's not the same company because everything's handled by artificial intelligence. So people are going to have to wake up. I, I mean, um, I, I don't know to, to your question. I think that he's going to back off Trump and he's going to allow this to go through because it would, it, he would really be in severe shape even with his own party. But if he goes through that uh, – you know, raid the uh, treasury, he's going to take money out of Puerto Rico and possibly California. And both, as you know, have had devastation, one in fires and one in hurricanes. And him throwing paper towels was not a great thing at the Puerto Ricans. Uh, I've I've talked to, my wife talked uh, yesterday, she has relatives in Puerto Rico. Some have very good, live in very good terms. They know nothing of crime or, or any of the rest of it. Others are told that they must drive through a red light uh, because if you stop at a light, you're going to get robbed or killed or whatever. I mean, that happens in other places in our nation. But, uh, you know, the one person was oblivious. The others uh, actually pointed out, if you go to Puerto Rico, don't stop at a light. Uh, There's not enough cops. Uh, She happens to live in a gated community. That makes a big difference. So it's, uh, it's... we're facing all these problems. I mean, soldiers aren't getting there what they should have. Uh, you talked about uh, the company in New York. Uh, they may be leaving New York, Amazon. Um, but I wanted to what? bring up the point, in, again, that they've replaced some of their corporate executives with robots and high-tech uh-huh. uh, computers. So uh, it's not just on the assembly lines. I'm getting calls, and my wife are getting calls on our phones from supposedly Amazon. I don't think it's for real. They're telling us if we'd like to work for $35 an hour. But I never submitted a rose resume or any indication that I wanted to work for Amazon. Certainly not in New York, but must be someplace local in here if it's true at all. But uh, the American economy is... What do they want to do for $35 an hour? Because from what I understand, they just raised it... They're paying 15 for most uh, jobs. That's why I think it's baloney. I think that they're talking about using our computers. I, um, I knew a woman, and um, she made a tremendous woman. She actually got a little TV, some kind of TV program going. And uh, uh-huh. she, she was going to hire a friend of mine. She was always kind of uh, weird. But when she was laid off from jobs or uh, got rid of a husband, she did a lot of telemarketing. But she was really good at it, and uh, she made some money. I tried that once, uh, and um, it's not for me. And it's very abusive on kids, you know. They're watching you go quicker, go faster. And uh, I didn't want to go quicker and faster. And, you know, this was about 10, 12 years ago. Uh Um, I I don't know if it's for real, uh, because they also talk about the – Oh, another company with that. You can work for Amazon and, uh, oh, it's another type of similar kind of uh, company. But um, I don't know. I'm hoping I'm wrong on that. But uh, I'm not going to take it anyway. I'm I'm not too tired. Um, I wanted to give you a little, you know, I've been been talking, um, arguing with people, uh, people that I know from politics in Sussex County. One's a former councilman. He must have left the county. Everybody's talking about uh, uh, Trump with the 3.7% unemployment. The truth is that Obama reached uh, 3.7% unemployment. And uh, not to quibble, 
thought Obama started the recession, uh, uh, started to help the recession after the younger President Bush cost us 4 million jobs in months. Right. And that continued at a pace. And by the end of that, Obama was creating 11, uh, 11 million jobs. No president, either Trump or, uh, or Obama, really creates jobs. But their fiscal policy determines it. I'm worried right. because I think that the uh, – uh, I haven't filed my taxes. Um, I was hoping to be able to use uh, deductions for charity, like on Facebook. It seems like everybody's birthday was a deduction uh, for some organization. But I don't think right. they'll get it. I think the president's going to stop that. And I think that's grossly unfair, for especially like states like California, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, maybe Pennsylvania. Uh, because the truth is, it's hard to pay, you know, right now we're in a good place with our mortgages, many of us, many of us aren't. Uh, you know, they're offering all kinds of, uh, you know, things to lower our interest. And uh, and I don't know how honest they are, because we've uh-huh. jumped for these things in the past. And I, I love Tom Selleck, and this is my opinion. I don't think a reverse mortgage is a good thing for any senior to do. You're basically going to get out of your house or your family's not going to get the house. If you're happy they don't get the house, maybe you go with it. But they're, taking, they're drawing down on your, your value in that house. And I, I don't know why if a man of a, who actually plays a, a police chief, a police commissioner, would do those kinds of commercials. I'm ambling all over the person. I'm just giving you my bed seat. That's, that's, my that's bed, okay. Cover a lot of territory. <laughs> well, I'm going to try. I mean, um, I, I, I want to tell you something that happened to me, too. I see okay. some, you know, Mackie, for instance. I saw, I know a lady in Florida. She's been on my case. I saw that Beto O'Rourke and uh, Joe Biden might run as a team. Okay. Uh, the woman came out of her little uh, pocket and said, yeah, no diversity, no diversity here. Not every issue has to be a diversity issue. We're looking at a guy that uh, can help win. That's what my main concern is. I like Amy from Minnesota. I like uh, uh, the one from uh, California, Ms. Harris. I like Cory Booker. I know him personally. I've met him a number of times. But I want to be sure we can win this election. I don't know right. if we can solve every, every problem. And... Uh, so I, I, I said, Beto, everything I heard about Beto, Beto O'Rourke is that he's drawing a lot of women to vote for him. And we don't know if he's going to run, but he would help Joe Biden. And he's got uh, the younger legs to carry Biden for. I'm not saying Biden is the uh, eventual candidate. I, I'm impressed with Amy. I really originally was going to vote for Cory Booker because I know him. But I listened to her talk in the snow and put up with Trump making fun of her, and I think she's a, a, she's a really a bright, she's a prosecutor like uh, Ms. Harris in the background, but I think that she's a person that can win. I'm not so sure about the lady from Massachusetts. Uh, I think he's hurled some unfair things at her, uh, especially uh-huh. calling her Pocahontas and some of the other terms, yes. but I, I think that... Um, uh, I, I wish her well. I mean, whoever wins, I'm going to work for one way or the other. I, I, I'm always uh, worked in presidential elections, um, and uh, I'm hoping that I'm going to run for office. It looks like either Wayne or Sussex County. Uh, Is that this November? Is that this, this November? November? 
Well, my okay. yes, it was my daughter wants me to run for council here. Uh, they flipped Wayne, New Jersey. Now, the problem is I'm not a resident of Wayne. I'm a resident okay. of uh, Sussex County. But to be honest with you, I didn't want to say this with Astrid. The Democratic Party only basically sits, it's always set on its hands for me. I've gotten higher votes maybe than many of the others I'm, uh, by working alone or working with a cadre of people. Uh, they never had a uh, one election. Um, I had been endorsed by a nurses union that was going to give me money, and uh, as long as I had uh, office space, they would make calls. Democratic Party wouldn't come up with office calls. I've been endorsed by now. Uh, most Almost every uh, environmental group, they don't give you money. And I've been endorsed by teachers' unions, like the ones that uh, uh, Astra belongs to, although it's another law, a, a different union uh, in different parts of the state. But uh-huh. um, I want to run, but I want to make sure it's – there are already two candidates on the book. I think I could beat them in a primary if I run. Uh, I'd have name more name recognition, and I'm tired of lawyers running. I mean, I'm, I'm being hypocritical because my daughter is a lawyer, and she just became okay. a ward leader uh, uh, and, uh, down in Wayne. But um, I just don't think they can relate to the people. And Sussex County is a people that has towns like Franklin. You know Franklin real well. Ogdensburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one side of the street, they're high income. On the other side of the street, they're low income. And it goes out across the country. I was in Ogdensburg the other day, and uh, um, we're, we're, Ogdensburg has changed a lot. Lots of uh, empty businesses there now. It's really been hurt, and part of the problem is that, uh, you know, they've come up with school. I think I probably told you the other day about they're always proposing some gigantic school system and put all the kids on the buses. It's true that uh, school taxes can hurt a community. But the one thing is that, that I go for is I like local control. If a kid has mm-hmm. autism or some other related learning problem, it's better to treat a, the local district before sending them on to, say, uh, you know, Sparta, to Sparta, which is a bigger yes. district that already takes in kids from three towns. I mean, you've got a, uh, you've got a, what's it called, a learning unit or something, or a, there's a, t- a title for the teachers uh, that's, and the uh, guidance counselors and the others. They can work on those problems and possibly eradicate or change them. But if you get a kid being shipped to a bigger school, he's left out in the lurch. You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, he's got to get on a bus pretty much around 7 o'clock, sometimes earlier, and be bused across the county. And, uh, you know, people use the analogy of Patterson. But since this county is 526 square miles, I believe mm-hmm. Patterson or is one of the larger cities in land in, in land mileage in square miles, but it doesn't it has a different set of uh, problems. But I think I've seen problems where it's not working there. I, I have a, a Muslim friend who had a, a kid in Patterson School, and the kid had a learning issue, and uh, that uh, a Muslim kid was battered. Uh, he's now in Wayne, and, and he had problems there. Uh, we have too much hate in this country. We forgot how yes. to forgive. We forgot how to love. I mean, um, you know, uh, Trump was bad. He's hit, uh, uh, oh, God, Warren, Senator Warren, so hard on Indian matters. It doesn't matter to me whether she's a full Indian, 10% of an Indian, or 15 or 50% of a Native American. It's what right. kind of senator is she? And she cares. 
I don't really get the feeling that he cares. I mean, I, if I compare him to the older Bush, he comes out a loser. I don't know how uh, his son lost in the primary to this guy because his son was very popular in the South, especially in uh, Florida. Now he's like a, a buzzword for the Bush family. And they wrote a book called The Last Americans. And in a way, I kind of miss uh, the senior Bush. But we, uh-huh. we, we keep, you know, we keep these cycles come up. We've had four or five presidents that were bad news. Nixon was bad news, but yet he created the Environmental uh, Development Protection Unit. Uh, he created right. Earth. Uh, he, was, uh, he opened up China, whether that was good or bad. I think in, in in the early matter it was great. Today, I'm not so sure because things are going on. Uh, right. I, I, as I said earlier in uh, a couple uh, last week, uh, the Belt and the Road Initiative, which gets little any real coverage in this country, which I, I don't understand why. I saw a story today in the of all papers, the New York Post, which was on racism and and, and as I said in Kenya. Where they actually put on blackface. Chinese uh, Chinese people get more money to work on the railroads they built there, and uh, uh-huh. they have more privileges. But uh, a bunch of them got on a train and did blackface. So uh, there's a man who he calls himself Push Black Monday or Tuesday, whatever the day of the week is, and he sends me these things on uh, historical race issues, like a young black girl uh, lived in Oklahoma. And uh, her father bought her a, a oil lease, and she became one of the richest people in America. And nobody knows wow. that story anymore. But uh, and and it, it's every week that he does it. But today I saw this one uh, with China, Chinese workers doing this um, to these people in Kenya. Kenya won its independence. Uh, I don't remember the leader, but he was a great leader. I, they've had problems, but these people deserve better. And if they don't come up with the money to pay for this train. China's going to hold them, it's going to treat them like a loan shark. And uh, that's what I, I brought up when we were talking about artificial intelligence. You know, there are 10, age, uh, 10 nations in uh, Latin and Central America, including Cuba, that have deals uh-huh. going on with uh, China to build ports. When you don't pay for the port, they've been known to take them back and run them themselves. And that's their aim, to be in this hemisphere. Uh, this pe- president doesn't get the picture. Um, you know, he can blame Obama, he can blame the Bushes, but I don't see, I don't see any policies uh, coming out of him. I don't know where he, I don't think anybody knows, you were talking about the border issue. I don't think anybody knows what he's going to do. He's not going to get yeah. everything that he wants. Uh, and, and, and the point is, why did he go this route? He lied and exaggerated about everything, uh, drugs, just about everything. He made everybody that came into the United States look like El Chapo. Is that how you say his name, El Chapo, who was yes. I think, just convicted uh, yesterday or the day before? I just saw his lawyer on TV saying it was an unfair trial, but who knows? Uh, unfair in a lot of ways, but uh, we live in a country where pharmaceutical companies have uh, pushed opioids uh, and right. hooked our kids up opiate addiction. I know I wander all over the place, but I'm like... Uh, <laughs> No, you're, covering a lot of, you're covering a lot of uh, territory. Um, we have like 15 more minutes left until we wrap up. And uh, um, I, I was not chosen by the Democrats as their candidate, but I'm considering running. 
and I know you're running in, the, in November. Um, are you running? You've got to get a petition, Hercules, and yes. you've got enough friends, I think, in your town. Uh, you can run. I think I don't know if you have to go to the county clerk. I think you can go to the, your local uh, uh, town clerk. She'll give you a, po- a petition. It's not that many signatures. It's not that many. Even if the guy's it's got like 200 hundred, signatures, I think. I think it's less than that. Really? If, if okay. Not, because, well, I don't know the population of your town, but Hardison's about five, 6,000. I needed five to ten, and, uh, and I got on the ballot. And if you get on the ballot, you got a shot of winning, you know? Right. Uh, because a lot of people, the, prim- the primary is not the election. You know that. I mean, uh, yes. nobody, 10% of the vote turns out, and uh, it's the people with money that win. But for a committee man, you should run, because that's not fair. Uh, you should run. And, you know, these guys, you know, those people used to tell me, uh, I'm going to tell you a story. As a kid, I, I worked for Congressman Helstowski, and the local state, state senator, uh, he was an honest congressman. He, had, he made a bad marriage. Uh, he, his wife and him fought a lot, and uh, he was going to run for governor. And he went out to see uh-huh. uh, uh, Brendan Byrne, who I knew quite well. And uh, I can't say, oh, boy, I don't know if I could say this, but it was daughter, his daughter was with him. And she said to him, Tell the governor what mommy said about you. <laughs> it was a bad word, like uh, 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 related to duty. <laughs> duty thing. <laughs> and, uh, and Brendan Byrne was a funny guy, but that was the beginning and the end of Helstowski. Uh There were two guys. Brendan, uh, Ned Parsikian, who was the motor vehicle director, I guess in Burns or, Burns or uh, Governor Hughes' uh, uh, cabinet, and uh, Henry Elstosky, a wonderful congressman. He did a lot. He worked the district hard, but he got involved with a camera company and uh, a- uh, bringing in illegal aliens, and that did him in. And his wife didn't help. Uh, and, and that story was told by a, 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 a secretary of uh, transportation or cabinet secretary for transportation and other people, uh, including a, a state senator from your area, Frank Herbert who moved up to my area and ran against a Nazi for the get. Here's a, a thing. A Nazi got first place a ballot position in a race for Congress. So Frank Herbert had been a state senator, uh, gave uh, Brendan Bell, Byrne a Democrat hell. He ran for uh, congressman. So um, he won. He won the primary. But then he had to run against, uh, I don't know what district that is, uh, probably Freeling Eisen. And Freeling Highs and that family's been in before Lincoln. I mean, they they were in the uh, his great grandfather was in on the impeachment of uh, um, Andrew Johnson, which didn't go through. Mm-hmm. But uh, a, a lot of uh, uh, I, I, let me get back to your question. What did you want to ask me again? Uh, well, I would like uh, for us to cover our journey uh, because people can learn from it. We're always encouraging people to get more involved in politics. So here we are. You know, want to run for office, uh, and uh, um, I would like for this to become a platform where we share our our, our trials and tribulations, our um, successes and failures, and you know what the journey is all about, uh, and and encourage people to take the journey uh, too. It was where I lost every election I was in, but I did win uh, committee man positions, 
Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I actually ran against my own party because they, uh, you know, when there were events, they didn't support me. I raised my own money. The first election, I raised $20,000. Wow. Um, but I'll tell you the worthy part of it for me was nobody was on the ballot in Sussex County. Nobody. We had a, a Democratic chair eventually went to jail. Uh, his wife, mm-hmm. I ran, helped her campaign. Uh, she was Hispanic. I helped her. But when I would run, this guy would mock me and everything else. And I never, I always wanted to kick myself because I thought I should have hit him. But that was the wrong thing to do. He went to prison. And then he wound up in Florida. Uh, and then it came in. But that one election that I ran for the assembly, I ran against Scott Garrett, who became a congressman, and uh, Richard Kamen, who became a motor vehicle director. And I'm still friendly with him. Uh, Garrett and I never agreed on. And when they were finished with me, I got to debate uh, Governor Kane when he was a state senator. And uh-huh. um, oh God. and there was another guy that his son is a state senator and a good state senator, a Republican. So I never would have had those moments. I, I did a, a debate uh, along with a Democratic senator against uh, Senator Littell, a guy I, I worshipped in life, and um, Rodney Freelingheisen. I debated Rodney Freelingheisen. So <laughs> that was something. I went out of the district. They put me on the road, and I did a lot of stuff. That was worth – it's worth – you know, if I write a chapter on that, it's going to be in it. But the committee man position, all your listeners, I don't know what you, – yours in, uh, in your town, it must be for um, Democrats this year, right? Every year they rotate, you know, uh, so next year will be a Republican uh, thing. But right. people should check their towns. If they don't need a lot of signatures. Um, they're not always going to find out what they like, uh, like in the party. They're going to find out there's some bad behavior in parties. Democratic chairs uh, think they're the kings of the world or queens of the world. But it's worth the effort. If you don't have four or five or six relatives, you've got your family. If they're registered to vote, you've got three or four signatures. They have five signatures. Uh, the people in that diner, they must see a lot. They may not want to put it on, their, on the ballot because they're afraid of politics. I don't know, is Tenafly a Democratic town or Republican? It's a, it's a Democratic town, and Creskill, where I do a lot of things, is a Republican town. Um, but I'm no, already elected on the committee. I'm, a, I'm already a committee person. Uh, I, I want to run for oh, council. Well, yeah. for council, then you're going to need – you're right. You probably might need 50 to 100 signatures. And then you're going to uh, – uh, you'll have to get in touch with the uh, Board of Elections if you get on the, you know, the ballot about money issues. Uh, you want to, you don't want to spend all your money, but uh, right. they'll send you a book, or you might have to go down to Trenton. Uh, the Board of Elections is a key place, but um, uh, you, you know, the, the primary, you'll know uh, the council. You'll know the next day. You have a lot of people on town. I don't know how your council, but you have a councilman on regular. I don't know. I don't want you to give me an answer on that, but maybe he would lean to you. You're doing a service for the town of uh, of can apply. And um, it's it's worth the effort. That's why my daughter wants me to run for councilman here. Um, now, they just I think flipped. that's awesome. It, 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 she, wanted, she made me a, a – it's funny because I, I have a Sussex County address, but I'm her ward leader assistant. I think she dropped me from her business development uh, <laughs> connections because <laughs> we didn't do much. We were going to the chamber a lot, but I wanted to do more than that. But it, it's worth the effort. It's a good experience all around. You can tell many people that are listening right now, if 
sign up to be committee men, committee women. Get yourself, your wife, and try to get a few other people on. So council, it's the same process. Uh, Hercules, if you're not sure what to do, go in front of a, a shop right at Acme and try to get people to sign your position. Go in as they get them as they come out because people report you. I don't know why we can't do things like that because the League of Women Voters can sign people up at the front door of these stores. But uh, that's what I would advise people to do. They've got to get involved. We have to change this system. Right. We need more people involved. We have a system that in many elections were down to 50% or lower. And in the last election combined, we had less votes than the people that didn't vote. We need right. to wake up and t- take this democracy back. This is serious, the issues that are going on here. Never in our history. You know, I could tell you Andrew Johnson was a drunk. He was a little bit of a bigot. I could tell you that uh, Nixon had a lot of problems. Uh, I didn't like some of the things he said, but he gave us the, uh, the environmental development program. Right. Uh, and he opened up China. And at least for that time, that was a, he outmaneuvered the Russians with Kissinger. Um, and, and, you know, going back to Warren G. Harding, Warren G. Harding at Teapot Dome, these were crooks. And there's others I'm leaving out. Some of them actually, uh, they were crooks, and they actually changed their way when they got into elected office. And I'm talking about presidents. But this is something we've never seen before. And I know people will be cursing me out, but this is a president that was in cahoots with the Russians all the way. Uh, everything that's going on is the most repugnant thing. I get on with Republicans on Facebook and Twitter and the other things. It's not that I dislike Republicans. My mother was a Republican. I just don't like, and that she counted, you know, counted my father's vote who was a Democrat. Uh, it's just that this is so sick. People are throwing stuff back at me. The president says he's a lie. He lied during that State of the Union message thirty times. I don't know what he's up to wow. five or six thousand times. Thirty times the Washington Post did it. I don't know what other people found, but it's 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 getting it's ridiculous. And to send this guy to Korea, North Korea, uh, I'd rather have him sent to Vietnam than talk about uh, developing economic relations with uh, North Vietnam than Korea, because he's really undercutting us with uh, China and the Russians. They're both supplying. They're bo- both nations are avoiding sanctions and shipping them stuff, including mm-hmm. missiles. This guy's lying through his teeth. Uh, I've never seen that, but I want to reiterate as much as I can. Get out, get a petition, go to City Hall if if necessary. If you have to go to to Hackensack, you know, go to the uh, county clerk's office and they'll give you a petition. You've got to get the petition notarized. You might, uh, there's a certain time and date to turn it in, uh, but you should do that. Uh, And everybody else that's, wants to be a committee man or a, or a committee woman, if it's the time, it's like I said, it's, you have to check on what year it is, but it's the thing to do. Because the, if, if you didn't become a committee man, somebody would have appointed a person in your stead. Yes. I don't think that's good. That makes, you know, gives the guy, a, a, I don't know who's your chair, a woman or a man, but gives him a cadre of people that are totally loyal to him. And that's bad news because that eventually uh, impacts the political party. Um, I, I'm saying this here. I, I, my daughter sleeps, she'll kill me. But I was proud of her <laughs> one thing. There's an older man in, uh, in, her, in a Democratic Party, and he knows the rules, but he's a sweet old guy. And they, were, they changed the rules to throw him out. 
my daughter joined uh, nine or ten other people. They lost the vote, but they're not going to throw him out. You, you know, this guy right. wants to run for a council. He's old, but he's sharp as a tack. I, I mean, I'm thinking I'm, I'm being self-interested. I'm thinking of myself, too. But uh-huh. you know, we have a right to run for office. It's under the Constitution. Uh, we've eliminated slaves. Black people can run for, uh, for office. Uh, Hispanics can run for office. And, uh, and, and even two Muslim, two Muslim women ran for office. And, you know, maybe I think they were right in, uh, you know, asking her to apologize, but I don't want her to resign. I think she'll want to be a, a, better, uh, a better congresswoman in the end. I mean, we had a Supreme Court justice appointed by Franklin Roosevelt, who was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. And he became uh, the, the most – he had the highest uh, scores with the NAACP, and uh, he had voted – he either wrote or voted for almost every piece of civil rights legislation during this long term. And you and oh, I he, remember a senator from West Virginia called Senator Byrd. Uh, yeah. People didn't want him because he had belonged to the Klan, and he completely changed his views and became 100% favorable with the NAACP and other agencies. So I'm begging Bill, people to get Bill, involved. They're going to cut us off in less than a minute. Um, you're right, and that's a great place to end uh, the show. That uh, you know, people need not to be afraid to run. Uh, whatever your background, uh, responsibility changes you. Uh, and it, thank you for sharing all those stories of people who were changed by their responsibility. Um, to their people um, To be continued tomorrow On our first boxing show So thank you for bringing that to us Bill I hope that it brings in a lot of fans And maybe we can figure a way to uh, Do something like that every now and then I'm hoping he brings people on He does do a twice a month radio show himself And he's on TV for boxing So he's a, a knowledgeable guy But we'll bring up topics On the state of boxing And uh, where we go and and people that I know, I'm, I'm glad to talk about people I know, including James J. Braddock, who I shined his shoes. But with that, I'll let you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Bill. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Take care. Good night, audience. Good night, all who've joined us. Until next time, this is Hercules and Bill wishing you all the best. Golden Fleece has been won, and now our true work begins. Welcome to the Elysium Project. In the Olympian tradition, Elysium is the highest heaven the human mind can conceive. Join Hercules on his latest and greatest quest, making the life we live and the earth we share a paradise for all.